This episode of Power Tips Unscripted is brought to you by Wellborn Cabinet, kitchen and bath cabinetry made in the USA. Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Steve Baker, Vice President of the Great Game of Business. The high cost of replacing employees means it's important to find ways to retain the best performers. And studies show that transparency from the top can be a solution, boosting employee engagement and motivation. Steve says the level of transparency should include showing employees the company's numbers and teaching them the business. Your goal should be to create a business of business people. And he's going to tell us how to do it in just a minute. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Now don't call me Shirley. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. Hey, and you actually physically are here with yes. me today. Woohoo! I know. In the studio. Yeah, it's kind of rare that we're both in the same place at the same time anymore. It's great. We, we measured it. We're actually 5 feet 11 <laughs> inches apart, so right. hopefully that last inch doesn't me in. Yeah, really. Yeah, you're more you're more at risk than me, man. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about today because we get to talk about one of our favorite topics, open book management. Woohoo. You know, I really love open book management. I think that it is just such a I mean, I you know how I love the numbers myself. So I guess I love it because I assume everybody else will love them as much as I do. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I like keeping everybody in the dark. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Because then I'm the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, Come on. That's true. No, nah, I'm just true. kidding. I'm funning. Yep. All right. Well, let's get going, shall we? So today I'm really excited to have with us, as Mark said, Steve Baker, Vice President of the Great Game of Business. And this this company is the one that really brought open book management to the consciousness of all small business people. It was launched by Jack Stack many years ago, and they've been successfully working on developing this process for companies across the country since then. So welcome. Thank you for being with us, Steve. Well, thank you, Victoria. And Mark, it's good to see you. Yes, sir. It's going to be a fun session today, I think. We try. We try. (laughs) So, Steve, you know, I talk a lot about open book management with our people, and I certainly practice it. We practice it here as well. But you've had a lot more experience with different companies than we have. So what are the reasons that a business owner should teach their people the business side. Well, the biggest reason to me is that, you know, why does the owner have to carry all the burden? I mean, all of the, when you say you're the smartest guy in the room, Mark, I know you're kidding, but <laughs> a lot of times we end up putting ourselves in that position where we aren't really tapping the, the collective wisdom of the crowd, so to speak, and we carry all the stress. What if we could actually say to people, hey, look, this is what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to build a nice company, a great company, in fact, something that will last over time and give you all the stuff you want, job security, raises, bonuses, career path, right? All that stuff. But in order to do that, we got we to create a great business. Well, unfortunately, if we're not open with people, they're going to be guessing. And 10 times out of 10, they're guessing wrong. So that's the biggest reason people should consider it is, what if we could just get on the same page as the owner is? Now, have you noticed in the years that you've been in business doing this, have you noticed that there is more acceptance of open book management among the owners of small businesses in particular than there used to be? Wow, what a great question. I will tell you, I joined 15 years ago, and uh, I will 
I'm telling you, feeling that I have. I don't know that I have data to show it. We do feel like we're at an inflection point. I think you've heard that around now about uh, a lot of different things in our society. But uh, the awareness of the fact that, you know, very few people actually have the knowledge they need to uh, to create a successful business that will last over time. I do think that even our younger generation is, is expecting more transparency. Mm -hmm. um, the, the question is, will it be accepted? You know, transparency is one thing understanding totally different thing right okay so what are some of the most common perceptions that employees have of ownership when there isn't that transparency well one is that uh, the owner probably makes way more money than they really do uh -huh. uh, personally and professionally right i mean the thing is i, I talked to so many owners and entrepreneurs uh, even management folks that uh, you know they drive a nice car they live in a nice neighborhood this sort of thing but but the story that's not being told is all the years they, they put in to getting there. So the assumption is, and I remember doing it when I was in college, I worked at an outdoor store. I knew the owner of that store. He drove a Lincoln Town Car, which, by the way, in the 80s, that's what you drove if you needed to put like eight bodies in the trunk. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's right. Hard, baby. And I knew he was loading that thing with gold bricks every night. And it wasn't until years later when I became a quote unquote adult, you know, and learned something about business that it's really hard to make money. So... The thing is, the big misconception is um, that they make more money than they do and that uh, it, what I do doesn't really matter anyway. And, and so I think people are basically good, but sometimes they make not so good decisions just because they don't understand that it's tough to make money in a business. It's hard to generate cash. And what we're really trying to do, I think most of us small to mid-sized business people are trying to create jobs because we're the backbone of the economy. Yeah, no kidding, right? You know, I think yeah. about the owners of the remodeling companies with whom we work and how many lives those businesses impact. You know, it's just amazing when you think about their families, their employees' families, their subcontractors' families. It just goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. and those dollars typically stay local. And there's research that shows that dollars that stay local roll through the local economy through the community six to seven times. Really? Whereas the, you know, the bucks that go out to the big box stores or whatever, and I'm not judging, I'm just saying with a remodeler, they live here. Like you said, the jobs are here, the labor's here, you know, the families are here. Let's keep it local because local is really just national when it's added up. Right, right, exactly. So how can employees benefit from this open book policy? Well, the first thing is at work. I mean, I, I will tell you, working with Jack Stack for all these years, the one thing I know for a fact is he is about job creation. It's not making engines, which is, of course, our backstory. It's about creating jobs, and that requires creating great companies that can last. So at work, it's job security, and it's raises and bonuses and that sort of thing. And I think it goes beyond this uh, idea of just a job, just punching the clock. It's education. It's understanding how to make money and generate cash in the business, what I do personally to affect that. And the fact is, the more they learn, the more they want to learn, and the more they want to move up in the business, that creates our sustainability at, at SRC and great game companies. Then, now, please tell me if I start to sound like a communist or something here, but we <laughs> believe that if people do better at work, they do better at home. In other words, we see our people every day taking home this knowledge of money and, oh, wait a minute, you know, like Dave Ramsey says, um, uh, you know, money flows from people who do not understand it to people who do. We want our people to be the people who do. Mm -hmm. When they go home, they do they do better. And when they do better at home, they do better in the community. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of better at work, better at home, better in the community. So it, it, it is a, um, 
a bit selfish mm -hmm. because we feel like smarter people will make smarter decisions and we'll be more competitive. So that's the selfish part. But on the other hand, that's where that virtuous cycle begins, right? Is, yeah. hey, man, if we're better. We could yeah. last longer. We could be more competitive. We could grow. We could grow. We could grow. Steve, what about the the thought process that if I teach them everything about owning and running a business and everything that it takes to do it, they're going to just leave me and start their own? Yeah, well, especially in the remodeling business because I could see someone go, well, you know, how, how smart do I make them? Because, you know, what if I make them so smart they leave? But what is your alternative? What if they're dumb and they really <laughs> stay a long time? You know, I'd, rather, I'd rather, look, there's always going to be that risk. And I will tell you that talking with owners over the years that have actually had that happen, first of all, it's pretty rare because the more you learn about business, the more you understand the risk of ownership versus reward, right? Risk versus reward, that, that ratio or that balance a lot of people don't want it. They may have the entrepreneurial spirit, but they may not have the entrepreneurial guts. So I'm going to tell you that the more you treat people with that respect and say, here's how it works, uh, the more you, you know, let's say you share the numbers with them. It really should be you show them the numbers they create in the business. Chances are they're the ones creating the numbers in the business. You just happen to be aggregating them. Well, that's respect. And a lot of times they don't get that anywhere else. It's do your job, nothing more, nothing less, right? Punch okay. the clock, you know, and then it's an adversarial relationship, especially with our subs and that sort of thing. What if we just showed them, hey, man, everything counts. Yeah, you're it. a big part of it. I love it. That's that's definitely the sound bite of the episode. What if they're <laughs> dumb and they stay? Yeah, right. Now, but <laughs> I what? Dumb either. I apologize to everyone. <laughs> no, because, it was fantastic. Look, here's full disclosure. Talk about transparency. I joined 15 years ago, um, and and now I write books and and teach business all over the world. You know, this is our new book, Get in the Game, and uh, I have an art degree. Oh wow, and, man. Anyone can learn it. So I'm telling you, your people can and will learn it. In fact, don't they do math every single day in their head, you know, as they start to measure things out, measure twice, cut once and all this sort of thing. They're dealing with these things all the time. And in fact, is they're great cash flow managers. Well, I shouldn't say great, but they're creative. When they go home, they're like, well, if I don't pay this, I could float the cable bill. I could get the utilities paid, whatever, you know, get the car payment. And these days, it's so uncertain, they're really watching all the pennies. So all I'm saying is let's teach them. Let's make them better. And the more we teach them, the more we will learn. Now, what do you do if you have a team member or two? And I'm thinking maybe like a, a carpenter or somebody has been doing it 30 years. And they don't have any interest. And in, they don't yeah. want to know. They just want to do their job and go home and not think about it. You know, do you, you see that happening? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. In fact, it's a great question because at – uh, at SRC today, by the way, Victoria, I don't know if, if you knew this, but we're uh, about a, uh, 10 different companies, all of which, except for my little company, The Great Game of Business, which is a boutique consulting firm, of course, we teach. Uh, everybody else makes stuff, engines and engine components. Most of our 2,000 jobs are blue collar. Are, I mean, I don't have a better word for it. Right. People turn wrenches and dismantle engines and things like that. Um, the thing is we do need people that just want to punch the clock. There's always going to be some, but I would say that most small to mid-sized businesses are dealing with the fact that somebody is doing the job 30 years. They may have done all that time and we didn't really tap their full potential. Mm -hmm. We didn't ask mm -hmm. what if, 
Uh, Jack tells a great story in his original book, uh, Great Game of Business, about a guy who just came to work every day in Chicago and drilled a hole. And they 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 measured his holes that he drilled, <laughs> you know, for International Harvester. And, and they did statistical process analysis and all this sort of thing. And, and they never did ask him, but it turns out he went home to Berwyn, Illinois, every night and managed a multi-million dollar apartment complex oh, that he owned. Wow. You know, it's like, did, did anyone ever think to ask? Nope, just give me the perfect hole. Yeah. You know, so what if you, now the, there's two things. So you've got people who you probably need that, that are going to do the work and that's it. But what we're really looking for is who are our future leaders going to be? Because yeah. if we're going to grow, we need people and why not develop them from within? Um, the fact is you may also have someone that's been there 10, 20, 30 years. I run into this a lot. And usually it's just like one. One or two of mm -hmm. these folks that are that are secretly holding you hostage, and their and their whole power comes from um, they know something nobody else does, yeah. or or the, we think that they have some special sway over the the group. And in fact, is when with transparency, a lot of that stuff gets aired. You know, it, it, you know, I like to say when the lights get turned on, the roaches run, and uh, you'll you'll find some dead weight and some people who've been hiding in the shadows. Well, you know what. Um, let's keep the people who want to stay and who are interested in at least not pulling the wagon the other direction yep. and let the rest of them, because 60% of them are going to just, they're just looking for leadership, yep. right? You're going, which way do I go? So and that's, that's my opinion is if we sometimes find someone who's very much an influencer, but they're negative and they're trying to pull the wagon the other way for whatever reason, we literally will help them find a job at our competitors. We'll give them a soft landing elsewhere because I'd rather have them working over there. Since 1961, Wellborn Cabinet has combined modern technology with personal craftsmanship to create cabinetry that lasts a lifetime. Whether it's our solid hardwood dovetail drawers, decorative laminate veneers, all wood cabinetry, framed or frameless lines, Wellborn continues to deliver the latest styles and finishes on the market today. So when it comes to selection, the choice is simple. Wellborn Cabinet. Proudly made in the USA. Okay, I got a story for you. So, Ooh, you know, stories. we have hundreds of members of our roundtables program. Um, to, to our business uh, remodeling company owners uh, across the U.S. and Canada that get together in groups to talk about issues and be one another's board of advisors. So each one of these groups has their own private email system. So I get to see all these emails going back and forth. So one of our members wrote to his group and said he had a problem. He had a new employee in sales who wrote who who came up to him and said that she thought the markup he was charging to reach the margin he needed was highway robbery. And she could not understand how he could possibly charge that much to the client. What would you have advised him to do at that point? <laughs> well, first of all, it's a great story. Yeah. And I love the fact that it, it, I mean, this is in any industry, especially ones that I've been in, because when people have just a little bit of knowledge, that's when the assumptions come in. Mm -hmm. And what we got to do is deal with the assumptions, rumor and gossip. And transparency does that because I guarantee the margin, quote unquote, there, there's a tip right there is um, is only half the story, right? That's right. What happens below margin? <laughs> and uh, and if I may answer your story with a story, yeah. uh, I've, I've been a lot of different jobs through the years, worked with the biggest retailers in the world. And my favorite story, Victoria, is that, well, for, you know, more transparency. You're, you're discussing things today with the king 
of fragrant bath salts. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. There's another um, good sound bite. We had never had a king on here before, None, much less well, bath salts. Years ago, many years ago, I'd say at this point, 20 years ago, maybe 23, I don't know, um, worked for a bath and body company. And it was my dream job because it was just fun. I, I traveled around all over North America working with the biggest retailers in the world. And uh, basically, we were small in Springfield, Missouri, and I would be able to go out to the marketplace, see what was hot. With my art degree, then I would design new packages and new things, right? Bath salts and lotions and gels and candles. And we made this stuff, right? And we'd doll them up. We'd take them to New York. And we go, here you go. And, uh, and finally, like, we're having kids. Joanne and I are, you know, starting a family. We're trying to buy a house. And I go to the boss and I say, how do I make more money? And you know what the answer is. Sell more. Mm-hmm. And when you're told to sell more... In Springfield, Missouri, you get in your car and you go to, sure, you know, I was traveling all over the place, yeah. but two hours away is Bentonville, Arkansas, Walmart, Walmart. and Club. <laughs> and who are the worst commercial partners you can imagine for a small business, right? It's like, oh, well, what do I know? I'm just selling smell good stuff. I go down there in one year, just to make the story short, I sold 50 truckloads wow. of fragrant bath salts <laughs> to Sam's Club. And I was on top of the world. I'm like, you know, just massaging myself with all the compliments and everything. (laughs) Years later, I found out we didn't make a dime on it. And the whole thing came down to, it was, my assumptions were that we were making plenty of money on it. I even did the cost calculations down to margin, mind you. Ah. Didn't have any clue. And and it was just the fear, um, not, not the fear, but... It would have taken more courage for the owners to look at it and say, Steve, you got to understand, you know. But instead, I found out later, the owner had taken a second on her house to pay for the materials for this job. Uh, so that's the risk that you take is um, if, if you or you asked how do, how would I answer that? The, uh, the, the thing is, the person who wrote this is highway robbery just doesn't see the whole picture. Right. And the poor owner in that situation, all I've got to say, if you're listening right now, you are not alone. A lot of people are thinking this, and some aren't even thinking it's robbery. They just don't understand. And when we as leaders and owners of a business uh, hear that sort of thing, it's our fault. It's a lack of understanding. It is ignorance that is talking. It's not something personal. They don't hate you. You're not an evil capitalist. And we need to teach people that profit ain't bad and making money is not evil. It's what makes everything else work. In fact, all the social programs that we talk about, Holy cow, where are they funded? Revenue. Uh And revenue means tax. So we've got to create the revenue because we're starting to outweigh our revenue, our hours worked, if you will, is is not outpacing our social overhead. And it's scary. Now, what would you say to an owner who says, I don't want my people to know how much money I make at the bottom line. I don't want them to know net because they don't do profit sharing. And then that just feels so awkward. Well, we've seen a lot of people do different things. One could be unit economics. I'm just, you know, throwing that term out there. What if uh, you were to say, let's just go by the job. Let's just say on this job, this is the P&L for this particular job. And, you know, as a part of the P&L there, you could have an owner's return or a certain minimum performance or something. But mm-hmm. but don't hide too many numbers. And I don't even mean hide, but don't consolidate so many numbers they don't understand where the money's going because they'll figure it out. They're not stupid. Right. They may be ignorant at this point. But what we really want to do is say, look, it's harder to make money in this business than you think it is. Let me, let me ask you a question, Victoria. In remodeling. Can you tell me that system-wide or industry-wide, what's the average net profitability of a remodeling company? 
Well, our members aim for 8 to 10% net. Uh, I think okay. that probably industry-wide, it's down in the threes. Okay. Yeah. So you outperform the industry mm-hmm. by a factor of three mm-hmm. or something like that. It's incredible. Now, what if you could outperform them by a factor of four mm-hmm. or five? Mm-hmm. It's possible. Mm-hmm. But here's what you got to do. This is why um, kind of turning people on to the numbers makes a difference. The people making three cents on the dollar, what they've never done, let's say it's five cents just for round numbers. Mm-hmm. They never asked their people. They didn't say what they do is they, they oh, I can't believe you threw that conduit away or I can't believe yeah. this happened. Or, you, nah, and then they go home <laughs> and stressed out, kick the dog or whatever, you know, it's like stress. <laughs> Here's the thing at, at five cent profitability. What we haven't taught our people is that, hmm, you make a difference. If we can save uh, a dollar in cost or a dollar in expenses, that dollar is worth 20 in sales. I mean, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. And we do that exercise a lot when I do uh, large conferences and that sort of thing. The, the the fun part is to do that on a big scale and have people yell out their numbers. So for your members, let's say at 10 cent profitability, it still means every dollar not spent in expenses or cogs is going to be worth 10 in sales. Yeah. So people absolutely have what I would call when, when they have line item ownership or line of sight to that critical number of of what do things cost? It's not about lean and it's not about just cost cutting. It's awareness and it's understanding that I make a difference because that's when you'll get the highest level of thinking. When you say, guys, you make a bigger difference than you think. And each one of you owns a line on the income statement. Yeah. If we're just to be very basic, let's look at what that is. Mm-hmm. And so even the person cleaning couldn't have an impact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. May I tell you another story about that issue outside of your industry? Because mm-hmm. I think it could be apropos. I work with the HEB in Texas, the big grocery store chain, right? They got 110,000 people and we've been going from town to town, uh, you know, doing big, big events, right? Because 110,000 people, it's a lot. So you got three, five, six, 800 people in a room and we do this exercise just like we described. And in their world, two cents on the dollar is a big deal. So every dollar saved is worth 50 and save, right? And one of the stories that came out of it is a guy, a young guy in the produce department, um, while in a meeting with his uh, store manager and uh, regional manager, stops him, interrupts him, reaches down, picks a grape up off the floor. And they go, oh, good job. Hospitality, cleanliness, way to go. Those are values. He said, no, no, no. It's much more uh, important than that. What do you mean? He goes, well, I happen to know through the training we've been doing with Great Game of Business that the average slip and fall at HEB costs $5,000. So this grape is really worth $250,000 worth of groceries. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) So you tell me the cleaner doesn't have a, a role in this whole thing. So. You know, it's it's exciting to me because when I came on 15 years ago, I was a smart guy, but I was ignorant. I mean, I, I thought I knew all this stuff, but I really didn't know anything about the financials. I knew that, that it was hard to make money for me and it was hard to keep money in the family budget. Imagine being a business. People yeah. don't even know what it costs to employ them. Right, you right. See, So yeah. why hide it anymore? Mm-hmm. Let's be proud that, that we are creating jobs. Let's ask how we can do more. How can we make more money, especially now? I mean, I would think that there's some opportunities here. And if your people outperform, if your members outperform the industry already, what if they could do even better? Right. And right. yeah, it sounds like cost cutting. What I'm saying is let's teach them business because what's going to happen is they're going to start figuring out those ways that, you know, they're the front line. They're the ones that create right. the number. Yeah. What if we asked? 
how could we do this differently? So is that what you would recommend that they, that these business owners listening to this do tomorrow to get started at this? Or are there other, is there another tactic that would be even stronger than just asking what can we do differently? Well, the toughest part for folks is going to be listening. That's the toughest skill. That's the number one leadership skill I would, I would suggest they begin to exercise. And it's going to be really hard because I bet you there's a lot of self-made people out there listening right now who are going, the hell I am going to share this. I don't want you to tell them how much you make. What I'd like you to do is show them how hard it is to make money, appeal to their higher level of thinking and say, what could we do differently? And if so, you know, the one thing that, that we do is, uh, and you can look this up on our site, uh, um, and I'm happy to share the, the audio book of our new book, okay. The Great Game of Business, if you like, with all the members, um, is do a mini game. Don't even roll out all the numbers for the company, just something small, like in the next 90 days, what could we do differently? And maybe it's as simple as waste or scrap or something like that. And I'm not a remodeler. I don't know. In fact, uh-huh. if I gave you a, a thing to work on, that would be completely against our methodology. <laughs> what we should do is go ask people, look, this grape is worth this much, right? If that's the grocery store story, what's the story on the job site? And so, um, you know, there's lots of great stories out there. And uh, even, you know, one of the most popular ones I remember that that uh, Liz Wilder told me from, uh, uh, from Anthony Wilder, uh, Anthony Wilder in D.C., um, was the, the idea of runs, runs to Home Depot. Yep. When the people who were driving the trucks and doing the jobs actually calculated what that was worth, they their own sense of pride came up. It was like, we're better than this. And I think you guys shared information with them about what's the average run mm-hmm. count during a month. Well, it could be anything. It could be, again, waste, scrap, rework is a huge one, you yes. know. But the idea is just, just teach them about that part at first. But if you're bold enough, if you're courageous enough to show them how hard it is to make money and you show them that eight cents on the bottom line, first of all, they might not believe you at first, right? No one's ever treated them like an adult. (laughs) They've always been protected from the numbers. Holy cow. When I first learned about the numbers, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that in remanufacturing like we do, a nickel on the dollar is a pretty good day. I'm like, why, Jack Stack, would you ever even be in this business? Yeah. Why do you get up with a boy? And he's like, dude, you don't know anything. You know, he didn't say that, but yeah. his eyes said everything. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Steve, this has been such a great, enlightening episode. I'm so happy that you're on here with us. And I've learned so much about you now. It's almost anticlimactic that we're going to dig in deeper with the lightning round. But are you ready for it? I'm ready. And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage Lightning Round. It's a trap! Okay, we're putting 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. What's your favorite business book and why? Well, I'm going to say The Great Game of Business, but uh, I must say uh, Good to Great was one of my favorites of all time, Jim Collins. If you weren't vice president of The Great Game of Business, what do you think you'd be doing? I'd be teaching art students about money. What are you not very good at? Parenting? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You might have to cut that one. No, I no, my kids are great, but I think I. Oh, parenting. (laughs) I, you know, I should have prepared for these more than worried about the five words. Um, The, uh, I'm so sorry, Mark. Um, (laughs) What am I not very good at? Um, I'm not very good at listening. Your room, your desk, or your car? Which would you clean first? Room. What's your favorite game show? 
Whose line is it anyway? Have you been told you look like someone famous? Neil McDonough. <laughs> Who's Neil McDonough? I don't. I don't believe it. Who is he? Is he? A- he's a. He's a guy that you go. Oh, it's that guy. Because you'll you'll Google him. <laughs> he's like the, always the bad guy. So, you know, half baked series and that sort of thing. But I was at. A, you don't want to hear it now, I'm sure, but it's kind of funny. In Canada, I was doing a, a deal, and a, a guy comes up and he goes, "Hey, I want you to see something." And he was Neil McDonough's uh, neighbor, and he had just texted Neil McDonough a picture of me. But when you Google him, you go, "Nah, he didn't look like that." <laughs> well, we're gonna have to do a Google. Maybe we'll put a side by side comparison in the show notes. I'm so sorry. I'm messing up the 60 seconds. <laughs> no, no, no. We're good. That was great. So I got two things before we let you go. First is if people want to get your book or learn more, where should they go? How do they get that audio book you mentioned? Yep. To get the free audio book download, go to greatgame.com slash G-I-G-M-P-3. G-I-G-M-P-3. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes too. Fabulous. Thank you. Okay, now lastly, this has been wonderful, but before you go – I want you to share your five words of wisdom and why they resonate with you. All right. The five words are people support what they create. The whole essence of the great game of business is about asking people, giving them knowledge, giving them access to information, and then asking them to make a difference. So Mm -hmm. it's really about, look, we know research shows people that set their own goals tend to hit them. Right. Mm -hmm. And people are much more engaged when they're involved or asked about a situation. So people support what they help create. I mean, it's uh, let's involve them and they'll actually do better and they'll enjoy it at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's it's changed everything for me, Victoria. Well, Steve, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate your generosity. And I'm sure our listeners are going to get a great deal out of this. So thank you very much. And we'll have you on again one day. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Well, that was a good one. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, He's a good guy. Yeah, besides him being you know, so easy to talk to um, and, and enjoyable, but the, the concepts, I think, are right on. Especially, I thought his five words of wisdom really wrapped things up in a nice little package, right? Yeah, and he had all kinds of great sound bites in there. Mm-hmm. I love that um, <laughs> it almost sounded like a Steve Wright thing. He said, you know, local. Well, local is really national if it's big enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, he just kind of, <laughs> I don't know. That was funny. It was kind of very Steve Wrightian, you know, <laughs> everywhere's in rocking distance if you have the time. Hey, you know something else you should put in the, um, <laughs> you should put in the show notes uh, is the, uh, the Lumberyard Run calculator. Okay. And let people see what they're spending. And since that just was one of the examples he shared, sure. that'd be a fun thing to add in there. Um, but yeah, I think I believe in open book. We're open book here. Again, wrapping up all of our salaries in one big bundle. Nobody needs to know that level of detail. But we're, you know, we'd let people know. Yeah, well, you don't want each person to know what each person makes. That's... No, but other than that, it's we're pretty darn open. And I talk a lot about it in our roundtable meetings. So, um, you know, hopefully people got something out of this and could see how helping their employees learn can make a huge difference. I know I got a lot out of it. It was great. Great stuff. We want to thank Steve Baker for taking the time to share these words of wisdom with us. And we want to thank you for listening week in and week out. I am Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. See you next week. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the remodeler's guide to business. 
Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.